Cinema Vino. For real this time. Yes. We're back. We are back. We're live. New content. Uh, January 31st, 2024. Fresh, hot content. Yep, exactly. Um, this is my first time back uh, recording in two months since our babies were born. So This is my first time back since October. Yeah. Because you guys recorded a bunch of stuff while I was on vacation. You took a long hiatus. Hey, so. you took a long hiatus. <laughs> yes. I took a short hiatus. <laughs> That's true. Um, and yeah, we're settling in with the, with the babies and we had, I now have three kids. Basically, off. We went the, thank you. We went from, uh, one runner on base to the base loaded in one shot. So are you the umpire? I don't know who I am in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever it is, I'm not, not in a good spot. I'm, I'm like the guy that waves in the foul ball. The bat boy. Yeah. I'm the bat boy. <laughs> I'm like the bat boy in Bull Durham when Kevin Costa turns around. He's like, shut up, kid. You're, you're the guy that like interferes with the ball in the outfield and like goes foul. <laughs> yeah, I'm the guy that reaches over the glove and like, you know, almost catches the ball, but then drops it and ruins everything. So, yeah. Yeah. That's me. Steve, what guy, what was his name in Chicago? Steve, the one who got like railroaded out of the city after the, what was it, 2002 World Series? Yeah. I don't remember. I know, I mean, I remember the thing, but I'm way off on years. I, somewhere around there. Yeah. <laughs> someone, someone out there is screaming at me. Mm hmm. Um, and for me, I'm going on about four hours of sleep, so I will believe anything you say. Right oh, cool. Now. I'm extremely susceptible. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll take advantage of that. You could have said that, you know, it happened in 1871. So, yeah, I know exactly what you're Not talking 1962. about. 1962. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's like, yeah, Bill Buckner. Um, so we're talking about best picture winners. Um, and we're going a little bit out of order because our wines are in a certain order. So it's best to drink the rosé first. So we're going to do the English patient first. And so this episode will actually air. I know I said January 30th, but this episode will air on Valentine's Day, February 14th. Oh. So I picked a romantic Best Picture winner. You didn't tell me we were on a date. I know. It's just the, just the two of us. Yeah. We can make it if we try. This is nice. Uh-huh. And there, we need some candles. You got some Smarties over there. We need some Smarties and some candles and just have ourselves a little. Yeah. And we are, we are down to just temporarily. Yeah, we'll we'll have we'll have the full, full crew back, real soon. Any day now, real soon. Uh, Trav has the soupy poops, so you know, as you do, he'll be <laughs> once he gets those taken care of. Yeah, he'll be back. Take, takes the right tincture. <laughs> um, so the English patient, the English patient, and actually, before we do that, again, I'm rusty. We're gonna talk about the wine a little bit. We are drinking Lobatia, uh, Spanish rosé. Um, named after the Lobatian people who inhabited Spain many, many centuries ago. Uh, this is a Rosé of Garnacha. Uh, retails for about 15 bucks. Um, and I know I've said this before, but it bears repeating. Wines from Spain and Portugal are some of the most underrated and affordable wines you can get out there. It is both vegan and carbon conscious. It is. This is um, vegan-friendly, this is organic, and it is LGBTQ-owned. So, Now, out of curiosity... Um what are the main vegan concerns with other wines? Um, I think it depends. I think in this situation, and I'm not 100% of this, but it's like basically in the growing of them, there's no like, you know, because a lot of these are farm-based. There's no meat, uh, you know, there's no killing of meat. There's no... No potential animal byproduct, yes. cross-contamination. Or like a lot of wineries will have sheep farms also. Because, oh, okay. because sheep are excellent at clearing out brush, especially organic wineries. Sheep are great at clearing out brush and stuff on farms and clearing fields. And so, you know, obviously sheep don't live forever. And so sheep are going to get sold and, you know, or butchered. Right. So I would imagine some of that is also like there's no animals or anything slaughtered on where these are grown. So 
Interesting. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it's organic. It's vegan. It is LGBTQ owned. So you can be an ally. You can get hammered all at once. And carbon conscious, which and, is nice. Yeah, exactly. So this is this is a very forward thinking winery. So if that that's what you're looking for, it's what you got. Lobe, from España. España. Lobatilla. Um, so yeah, this is from the Castilla region of Spain, kind of northwest Spain. It shares a border with Portugal. Um and yeah, this is Garnacha. It's gonna be very fruit forward. It's kind of a I was gonna say it's not a very dry rose. Mm-hmm. I was kind of expecting like a bite when I yeah. took my first sip and it's a little grassy. It's, it's a little Yeah. Easy drinking. It's yeah. fun. It's this is a good party wine. Um, but good food wine too. I mean, this would be, you know, I think excellent. It's kind of like another one we're going to do for another episode tonight. Uh, good with pizza. It'd be good with burgers. So I picked this wine because the English patient is a very hot movie. Travis always talks about movies, the weather in movies. This is a very warm movie, a very sweaty movie to watch. So, um, <laughs> there, there's Sean's cats, which, and th- trust me, uh, you know, with twin newborns at home, this is the quieter household we're in right now. So he, with two cats, we have 101 Dalmatians in here. Three cats. Yeah, three. Well, with two cats. Two, two loud cats and one, one quiet cat. With two loud cats um, and, and 101 Dalmatians, it's still quieter than what our household can be. It's window rattling sometimes. That's fair. Yeah. And I can actually put a stop to this if I take her ball away. Yeah. And I'll just keep talking for a minute while, yeah. while Sean regulates on his cats. Um, so I know, again, we talked about it before, but, you know, rosé is made by separating the juice from the skin in the vat early, which basically takes a red wine like Garnacha and takes the color from it, and you get the pink color from it. It's lighter bodied. It's easier drinking. Um, but yeah, any sort of big grilled or fried foods, rosé is excellent with. You can do it with holiday meals. Um, you could even do this if you're feeling crazy with the steak. So rosé is just very versatile. Yeah. It, it's it's awesome. It, and I think more and more people are catching on to that, which is a good thing. You know, it's like when we started this podcast – when I even started working at the store back in the day, I mean, Rosé was thought of as white zen. I was going to say, Rosé had a renaissance probably like seven or eight years ago. Yeah. Kind of, you know, Rosé all day became a thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's a full-on day drinking wine. Yeah, It's it a is. sipper. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is 15 bucks Lobatia. Um, look for it wherever you... And, and look for good Spanish Rosés. They make great Rosés there. They're all about the sitting outside lunchtime having a nice little bottle of wine during a siesta and then taking a good siesta so i think they're on to something there. that's a great idea <laughs> you know i wish they did that in more parts of the world there's a reason why people in that area like the mediterranean they have to be like 105 years old because they take good naps it's is it the napping is that it good naps good wine that should be our damn tagline <laughs> post post twins that's the new tagline yeah. <laughs> good wine good naps <laughs> good night please <laughs> um so a little bit about the english patient this was released November 15th, 1996. Grossed $230 million against a $30 million budget, and it was directed by the late Anthony Minghella, who uh, also adapted the book from the uh, Booker Prize award-winning book by Michael Ondaatje. Uh, many people said this could not be filmed because of its structure. Uh, basically, two separate storylines, two separate timelines, a lot of characters, a lot of subplots. They said it could not be filmed. And so part of the... The acclaim for this movie came from the fact it's kind of like Lord of the Rings. They said Lord of the Rings could not be filmed. And people were so shocked that it it turned out the way it did that it, it won a lot of extra points. So is that credited to the screenwriter? Is that credited to the director? 
I would give a lot of credit to the screenwriter. In this case, it's the same person. And, and Lord of the Rings, I mean, some of that goes to Peter Jackson. Yeah. And his wife and some of their collaborators to be able to take, you know, Tolkien's book and straighten it out into a coherent movie. Yeah. As opposed to like, you know, 400 pages of Treebeard and then 400 pages of, Tr- of Helm's Deep or whatever. It's like straighten it out into something you can follow into a coherent movie. That's, that's an achievement. So have you read this book? I have not read this book. Um, I just remember when it came out, there were a lot of, of devotees, 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 whatever, uh, who said that they didn't think it would ever make a movie because of the way it was structured. Interesting. So, um, you know what I'm really impressed by is someone adapting a screenplay that actually figures out a way to adapt a hard to adapt screenplay mm-hmm. and doesn't turn it into a movie about themselves. Yes. <laughs> which becomes just a mas- masturbatory <laughs> act. Sean is still angry about still adaptation. Fucking hung up on adaptation. <laughs> the movie was awful. Indulgent, yes. Um, so this is an epic romance, and it's set against a massive historical canvas. It basically spans the length of World War II. Um, well, it kind of just kind of books it. It just does the beginning and the beginning end. and the end. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, you you see them. You know, Ray Fiennes and Kristen Scott Thomas, Dame Kristen Scott Thomas. That's right. Yeah. Um, and, and their romance. And then you see the aftermath at the waning days of World War II with uh, Juliette Binoche as the nurse who takes care of him. Some weirdly pronounced names here. Mm-hmm. His yeah. name is clearly spelled Ralph. <laughs> but it sounds so much more artsy to say Ralph. Well, do you know what his full name is? Because I, I looked this up. He and his brother both have long names. Rafe Nathaniel Twistleton Wickenham Fines. He's got more names than Dumbledore. And that's weird because he's Voldemort. Wickham Fines. <laughs> it's the most British name ever. Yeah, I mean, some of those, I mean, those two literally sound like leftover houses from Hogwarts. I, <sighs> 10 points for Twickenham. Don't, don't get me wrong. I love him as an actor. Mm-hmm. Like, everything he does is gold. He's great. I do. I, I'm a big fan of him. They kind of had him in, like, proto Baltimore like, makeup in this. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, it's crazy to think that, like, he went from Schindler's List, where he plays the Nazi commandant, one of the most horrible villains in movies to being the romantic lead in this one. I mean, that's versatility. What year was Schindler's List? 93. Okay. And so it's amazing that he was able to go from being that person who is like, once you see him in that part, it's kind of like the actress who played Nurse Ratchet and Cuckoo's Nest. It's like, you can't think, or Anthony Hopkins is Lecter. It's like, you can't think of him as anything other than that Nazi. Right. That's the first thing I think of when I see him is that, you know, him shooting people off of an observation, like a balcony with a deer rifle just for the sport of it. You know, it's like it's hard to get that image out of your head, but the fact that he's able to play a romantic lead three years later is uh, impressive. He he's a really good actor. Yes, I do like him a lot. And then Dame Kristen Scott Thomas, mm-hmm. I kept just all the way through this movie, like the first half. I was like, where I've seen her in something really recently. I can't remember what. Have you watched Slow Horses on Apple TV? Mm-mm, no. Oh, it's really good. Is so she in that? It's her. Uh, Gary Oldman is like a, one of the main actors. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like a supporting actress, but she's basically like the head of MI5, more or less. Oh, and she was in the original Mission Impossible with Tom yeah. Cruise. Yeah. So there you go. But, but much, obviously, like fast forward like 20, 30 years. Now she's like Judy Dench. Dame. Dame Judy Dench? She's like Dame, Dame Judy. Jame Judy. She's like Jame. Jame. Jame she's, Judy. She's the, she's the head. She's, she's gone to like the, be the HBI. She, she's, she's the master. Yes. Yeah. Um, so this won nine Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director. This will be the only one in the first three movies that we look at that won Best Director in addition to Best Picture. The Godfather did not, and Gladiator did not. Hmm. 
uh, and it won Best Supporting Actress for Juliette Binoche, which was one of the biggest upsets in Oscar history because Lauren Bacall was expected to win for First Wives Club. So she was shocked that she won. Interesting. Even she expected Lauren Bacall to win. Uh, this one for cinematography for John Seal, who is a legendary Oscar-winning cinematographer who did like, I mean, did Mad Max Fury Road. He did Rain Man. I mean, he's he's done like a ton of legendary movies. Uh, and then best editing for Walter Murch, who also edited The Godfather 1 and 2 and Apocalypse Now. Huh. He's also won multiple Academy Awards. The people behind the cameras are all incredibly talented. Well, Godfather's another movie that kind of has multiple storylines going at the same time, mm-hmm. jumping back and forth. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because the second film in The Godfather is a disjointed. It's, it's dual narratives. Right. But it actually deviates. Like that's It was written by the author of the book, but he it's an add-on to his material from the book. It's not adapted from any material he wrote. So it's new stuff. Hmm. So he... He made a almost novel-like structure out of the second film, out of original material. So it's interesting, rather than the other way around. Huh. So, um, the this film was nominated against Jerry Maguire, Fargo, Secrets and Lies, and Shine. So, did they uh, only do four? They, they did five total, so oh, okay. including this one. Um, Fargo was also a favorite to win. I would have taken. Yeah, I would have taken Fargo over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Secrets and Lies is a hell of a movie too because it was largely improvised. Um, I can't remember the. I'm having a brain fart, but I'll blame I'll blame sleep deprivation. But it's like that director always picks uh, actors and they improv their way through the storyline with Secrets and Lies. I remember it's about a woman trying to find her birth uh, parents, and she's black, and she finds that her birth parents are actually white. So it's crazy, huh. yeah. And then Shine was about a a piano prodigy who I believe struggles with um, some form of the spectrum like autism or something. So it's like Jeffrey Rush won the Oscar for that one for best actor of that year. Pretty impressive movie. That was a, that was a strong field of movies overall. Those are all pretty good movies. Um, and this one won best, best picture. Mm-hmm. It did. So real quick summary, and then we'll get into the, our discussion This is a sweeping complex story. It takes place again. Like we said, the book ends world war two. Some of it takes place 38, 39, right at the beginning. Some of it takes place 45, you know, as the, as the war is winding down, um, it film begins with the biplane being shot down over Tunisia. The pilot is burned beyond, beyond recognition. He gets pulled from the plane. He claims to have amnesia, and he is gravely, mortally injured. And he gets cared for by Hannah, a Canadian nurse, uh, Juliette Binoche, uh, who feels that she is a curse to everybody she loves. Everybody she loves gets killed. And the early the first reel in the movie kind of bears that out that she's really picked a bad place to live. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that's the thing is like, she thinks she's, she's bad luck, but it's like, now you're in the middle of world war two people. A lot of people are going to die around you. People are going to die. That's not just, I'll you. see you're a nurse. Yeah. Your, your job is to like be around dying people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert. A lot of people around you are going to die. A lot of people die. are going to die. You could be the best luck in the world. People around you are still going to die. So, oh. um, yeah, you're taking on a lot of blame there. She also loves way too easily. She does. She is the opposite of Ray Fiennes' character, who's kind of a cat-like personality, where he's slow to warm to people and puts up kind of a tough exterior. And she's the opposite. Yeah. She she's very vulnerable and easy to much like a Labrador. Exactly. It, this is this is a story of a dog and a cat. <laughs> Long story short, um, she takes him to the the remnants of a monastery in Tuscany uh, with the permission of her commanders. Basically, she pulls him away from the convoy they they acquiesced that really quickly they were just like yeah sure yeah but you can have that monastery i'm sure that's another one in the book that's probably you know 50 pages of her trying to argue or fight for that right and it was like we got to wrap this up quickly because we got 
two and a half more hours of movie. So, yep, to the monastery. Yep, there you go. <laughs> it's all yours. So she takes him for palliative care and basically just, you know, kind of makes him comfortable until the end comes. She learns kind of his A lot mystery. of morphine. A lot of morphine. I mean, which uh, if you look at him, I mean, he looks kind of like a burlap bag with eyes. So I would need a lot of morphine, too. Um, she gradually learns his mystery that he is a Hungarian cartographer. His name is Laszlo Almashi. Um, and he count Laszlo count, Almashi. He's a Hungarian count, and he's engaged. Uh, and he he basically embarks on an ill-fated, passionate love affair with Catherine Clifton, played by Dame Kristen Scott Thomas. Well, he was an international cartographer. Yeah, like he was part of like a a group a of society of nerds. A society of map nerds. Yeah, fucking nerds. Mm-hmm. That just like to go around Africa and just draw maps. And we're nerds, so we can call people nerds. That's right. It's our word. Yeah. <laughs> so she's intelligent, charismatic, um, worldly woman. She's wealthy. She's kind of, I don't want to say aristocratic, but she's definitely upper class. She Yeah. She she has memorized poetry and mm-hmm. she knows has, stories of ancient worlds. She and her husband, who's Colin Firth, a very young Colin Firth. A very young Colin Firth. She and her husband... Um, have their own plane. So why do I feel like he always gets cheated on? He kind of plays that guy. Yeah. yeah. He, we were, we watched, um, you've got mail. Oh. No, not you've got mail. Uh, sleepless in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of like that same character where Bill, it's like, Bill he, Pullman. Yeah. Right? Bill Pullman just gets like cheated on. And it's just like, he didn't do anything wrong. He kind of looks like that guy that gets yeah. cheated on. I mean, it's like how some people have a punchable face. I think some people kind of have a cheatable face. I think Bill Pullman, Unfortunately, has a cheatable face. Yeah, oh, I think Colin, Colin Firth does too. Yeah, like yeah, it's like whatever movie he's in, it's like yeah, she's she's not being faithful. Well, and the movie didn't do a lot of work to sympathize with him. They're just sort of like yeah, he kind of sucks. Yeah, he's a little bit pompous. He's a little bit oblivious. The other guy's a count. Yeah, <laughs> it's about as pompous as it gets. Yeah, he's a weird, pretentious Hungarian count. Um. I'm sure Travis would point to Ray Fiennes' movie and think he'd be a good young Doctor Doom. He's always looking for the, the, the best Doctor Doom. Ray Fiennes isn't very young anymore. Not not now, but he was then. He, he was a hottie in this movie. He was smoldering. Ninety six, yeah. yeah. This is he had like the five o'clock shadow just nailed down. Had that mid nineties smolder. His hair had like a good quaff to it. It did for the desert. Yeah, I mean, it was for like, the desert. He had like perfectly like moose hair. He had the Roger Moore thing where it's like every James Bond, no matter what, if he just fell out of a building or just like got bitten by a guy with steel teeth, his hair is perfect. Yeah. Always. Tuxedo's perfect. Yeah. It was just, impressive. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I'm, Except I'm for the end. His hair kind of sucked at the end. Yeah, that's right. You it know, did. when he was a burn patient. Yeah, it did. It was a little bit fuzzy. Yeah. He had Yoda hair. <laughs> he did. <laughs> um, Almashi's mystery reveals itself, and as it does, other characters descend on the monastery, including Caravaggio, played by Willem Dafoe, who has ulterior motives, which we also gradually learn. Moose. Moose. As the story progresses, and then Kip, who is also Saeed and lost. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's where I know him from. That's <laughs> um, like I know a face. He is a sick bomb diffuser who also gets close to Hannah and Seek. You seek. Which is weird because I, we watched Big Brother last season. I thought it was Seek as well. And it's like there there is a Seek contestant in that and he said sick. And so it's like, well, maybe I've been saying it wrong this whole time, you know? I mean, it's kind of like in Godfather. It's like I've heard like the authentic Italian thing would be Corleone, but then people say Corleone. Yeah. So it's like, what what is it? That's fair. Yeah. So I, I guess know. I can't correct the guy. On, what was it Survivor? Uh, Big Brother. Big Brother. Yeah, he was the first. He said, "I'll be the first sick winner." It's like, oh, okay. I've always heard it seek, but it's like, I like you say, I can't argue with yeah. someone of that faith. You know better than I do. Yeah. So, 
I was like, well, okay, I'm going to say sick. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, they say seek in this movie. And it could be like, you know, Ibiza versus Ibiza, where it's like some people in different parts of the world say it differently. Yeah. So, um, anyway, he, he's a bomb diffuser. That's another person that she falls for. It's like, yeah, you're. She loves so easily. Yeah. And it's like, are you cursed or are you just dating bomb diffusers? She, I, <laughs> this movie did nothing to make me think, like, yeah, I, they have a connection. That makes sense. Other than like, oh, yeah, he's just a dude who's around. Yeah. And it, yeah. And it's like, it's a, it's a war and we're both lonely and here you are. Yeah. You know? He's got a beautiful head of hair, though. He does have great hair. Yeah. Um, Travis likes good weather. We got we like good hair. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of hair going on at this table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like we like what we don't have. Um. So, have you seen this before? Was this the first time? No, this is the first time. So, I'll be really curious to see what you think about it. I didn't like it. <laughs> Just going to lay it out there. Uh, it was long. Mm-hmm. And um, before you go further... Um, have you seen the episode of Seinfeld that is based around this movie? Probably, but I wouldn't have appreciated the reference. Uh, Elaine hates this movie. It's now I need to go back. Because it was like, when it, right when it came out, everybody was in love with this movie. Everybody was in love with Ray Fiennes. Everybody was in love with the romance and the big epic drama. And she watched it and hated it. And so she has to lie to her boss and say she hasn't seen it. So he drags her to it again, Mr. Peterman. They go and see it again. She has to sit through it again, but she storms out. Everybody gets pissed at her because she likes a movie. She hates a movie that everyone else loves. See, this is why Julia Louis Dreyfus. She's my spirit animal. I mean, no, this movie. It, I, I would never go back and watch this movie again. I get the appeal. Mm-hmm. I, I think. I yeah. mean, it's beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. The cinematography is great. The editing is great. The storytelling is fine. It's good looking cinema. It's good looking cinema. It's mm-hmm. well done. Uh, you know, it's well acted. Mm-hmm. Mute uh, music the is great. Story is just not compelling. Yeah, like I, it's a romance, mm-hmm. so I get that. Maybe I was just like not not feeling that vibe. Yeah. Um, it just does nothing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so what uh, would tune you, in next time? What would you get? <laughs> um, what would you give? I would six, five. Okay. It's, it's fine. I'm going to downgrade that to a six. Okay. Six, five and, feels pushed and you steer it wherever you need to. Yeah. Um, so I, and I debated, I enjoyed this movie. I saw this on my birthday that year. Oh, my mom took me to see him. I, I got to pick a movie. I picked this one. Because everybody was raving about it, exactly like the Seinfeld thing. Everybody was talking about it. And so I was like, I want to go see this movie. So it was a Christmas movie. I mean, it, it came was, out around Christmas. Yeah. It, yeah. It, yeah. It was award season yeah. for sure. I mean, this was, this was definitely Oscar bait. Yeah. Um, and I enjoyed it. I mean, like you said, I enjoyed, especially like in the big giant theater of seeing the deserts and the, you yeah. know, the aerial shots. And it's a beautiful film to watch, you know. And, you know, you got scenes in, in Tuscany and all this. It's, I mean, this and The Godfather are an advertisement to go to Italy, other than the fact that Godfather, they get people start getting blown up and killed. But it's like good looking scenery. It's good weather. Yeah. Well, I mean, people got blown up and killed in this movie. That's true. In Tuscany. Very so, quickly. Yeah. You know, my wife watches, watched this movie and she was like, man, that, that she got blown up fast. Yeah. She's like, I knew she was going to die. She, I didn't know she died in the same shot. Honestly, <laughs> I saw it coming because it was like, why are you driving alongside this caravan like, mm-hmm. on the side? What are you doing? Yeah crazy yeah you know there's mines everywhere they're still finding mines over there german mines i know to this day bombs yeah. just like what the 
uh, you know, the uh, Naveen Andrews Kip found that like they're still finding bombs like in play and defusing them still because they're still dangerous. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I at the time I watched it, I and I'm, I'm probably exactly where I was back then. I would probably give this an eight. Wait, so you would have been what, like sixteen, seventeen? Yeah. And, you know, I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, and like more so than I even could follow the story because you know I've seen it a few times and I think it story gets more compelling because you are able to follow more of it each time. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a book where sometimes you have to go back and I remember, I remember reading Roger Ebert's review of this movie and he gave it four stars. He said that basically this is the kind of movie where you watch it the first time for the questions and the second time for the answers. He does four out of four, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where like the earlier scenes have more meaning if you mm-hmm. understand the context later on and more impact. The acting is great. The great all-star cast. Great cast. Yeah. I love Willem Dafoe. It, this is a perfect part for him to play. Yeah. It's always fun seeing the movies in the transitional phase of Willem Dafoe going from old ca- or young character actor to like old weird guy character actor. <laughs> yeah. From young weird guy to old weird guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, he's one of those actors where like you kind of lose track of him in the middle. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of the movies when he's young and you see a lot of the movies when he's old. Like Platoon. and Yeah, like Platoon you think of. And then like the yada, 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 he's in Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, there's a weird gap, a weird gap. And this kind of falls right in the middle. It's nice. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed his because when was Platoon 80, 86, 86. Yeah. Okay. Another best picture winner that we watched. Yeah. Previously. Um, but yeah, I mean, I enjoy it on like a filmic level more than like you said, like a compelling story. I enjoy. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a film nerd, so I enjoy the music. This is Gabriel Yard. I believe he won the Academy Award for it. Um, I mean the the cinematography, the editing, just look and feel of it. It's a great looking movie to watch. And maybe it's just not my vibe. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing because like I watched the trailer for this beforehand. Because mm-hmm. you know, like you give me a list of like three movies, I'm gonna you know I've got a couple weeks to watch them all, pick which one to watch, and like this one, I like pulled up the trailer, I watched, it, and I was like, yeah, I'm not in the mood for that. <laughs> and then like a week later, I pulled up the trailer, and I was like, yeah, I'm still not in the mood for that. And then I watched the movie and I was like, no, that's exactly what the trailer that's. Yeah. I thought maybe, you know, the trailer was just like a weird nineties trailer. Like it didn't quite portray the movie. No, it was spot on. Um, it's not my vibe. Yeah. And it, I think it would be, especially then a date movie. I think now it still yeah. has that potential. Um, Three hour date movie. Yeah. More so than the other best picture winners. I mean, it's like, you know, trying to screen through those, like for something we could watch on Valentine's Day. It's like, can't do Braveheart, you know? Nope. Can't do Silence of the Lambs. Nope. It's like 16 candles. Did that win? No, no, no. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking maybe, maybe out of Africa. That was a, a romantic movie with a uh, Robert Redford, Meryl Streep. Yeah. Uh, I prefer this to out of Africa. I think if you didn't like this movie, you would have set your TV on fire during out of Africa. Robert Redford plays a British man and out. Oh, uh, <laughs> Robert Redford plays a, a British. Uh, he's a, not a cartographer, but he's something kind of like that. And, he his British accent makes Kevin Costner's and Robin Hood silent <laughs> Lawrence Olivier. I mean, it, it, it's like if there's an op, if there's a negative, if there's like a third quadrant British accent, that's what it is. He's in the, he's down in the third like area. It's like he's in double a, negative, a mere mysterious third thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's as far on the diagram away from being British as you can get. Ugh. I mean, man, it's weird because Meryl Streep's full weird like Danish accent, which she does perfectly, of course, because she's perfect. Mm-hmm. And you got Robert Redford, who's just kind of phoning it in. So, 
And you said it won Best Picture. It did. Okay. Yeah, swept the Oscars that year. Wow. Beat out the color purple, which was nominated for like 11 Oscars, and it did not win any. But don't worry, it's back. It's back. Actually, did it get nominated? I saw the- Nominations came out today, by the way, for context. Supporting actors. Um, I saw, I don't think it got Best Picture, and it's like, I wonder if they could even do that, It's like, or if they even want to do that. No, you're right, it didn't. No, I guess they can't, because it's a remake. Yeah, which they can do remakes, but it's like, maybe they don't want to, because it's like- out of guilt for the first one, it's like if we if we nominate this one and give it awards, are we admitting like wow well, we should have given the first one awards? Fucked up the first time around because yeah that Redford movie kind of sucked. <laughs> well, so there's that. The Academy's no stranger to hypocrisy. So. Yes, and giving the wrong movies awards. So, um, and a lot of angry people today about Barbie. Mm-hmm. And I didn't love it. I really didn't. I just I, I don't know. We could talk about that in a different podcast. That's a different movie. Yeah, but I did not love. Barbie, like other I like that. That's not quite my English patient with Elaine, but it's like that's the one's like eh, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. So I feel that, and it's like again, funny parts to it. You know, Gosling was great. Um, Margot Robbie was great. I'd rather talk about that movie. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's like I just no, I don't know. I just don't feel it. Yeah. Um. But anyway, this has been another episode of Cinema Vino. Been. Wait, what did you what did you give this? Uh, eight. Eight. I'll do an eight. Okay. Yeah. Because we kind of land in the middle of the And I mean, I wrote my notes. It's like, this isn't the timeless classic that people thought it was when it came out, but it's an above average movie. And and we're going to get to Gladiator, which you guys have already heard Gladiator by this point, but I've got some, some opinions about that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Yeah. So, and again, I haven't seen this in 20 plus years. I haven't seen Gladiator really since it came out on DVD. It's been a long time since I've seen Gladiator. So, yeah. that kind of tells you something right there. You didn't like it. <gasps> It's we'll the, get there. It's not that I didn't like it, but... There's more spoilers for me than it is I'm, for you guys. You've already heard it. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. So... <laughs> okay. Sean Jordan. My name's Todd. Grant, it's, good. it's good to be back. Good to be back. You know? Back in the swing of things. Back in the habit. Back in the But great movies. Only drunker. And we'll be back with the full crew. We'll get all the Beatles together next time. So. That's right. Um, but we will see you guys next time. Cheers.